welcome to Parallel, a tech podcast with accessibility sprinkles. This is episode 67, and I'm Shelly, your host. We've talked a lot on Parallel about audio description. It's one of my very favorite topics, and we've talked to describers. We've talked to people about how audio description uh, works from the point of view of making it. But one thing we haven't really covered is where you can find it, especially if you are trying to decide what streaming TV services or platforms you want to use. That's where my guest today comes in. She is Judy Dixon. She is author of the book, Audio Description, Where to Find It, What It Is, and How to Use It. Judy, welcome to Parallel. Thanks very much, Shelley. Happy to be here. I was really excited to find out about this book, which is not brand new. And that is a caveat for listeners out there because uh, we were just saying before we got onto the mics that audio description is kind of a moving target in terms of where you can find it. So what we're going to talk about today is kind of the best of our knowledge, both of us, from from trying to find and use audio description. But just be aware that there may be cases, hopefully, when we say that something doesn't have audio description available, hopefully with the mistake that we would make is that it does now and it didn't before as opposed to the reverse. But let's get started by talking a little bit about kind of the mechanics of audio description. So we know that audio description provides a uh, the ability for people who are blind and visually impaired to hear a described version of content when they're watching television or beyond t- TV and movies. It's available for live events, but I think mostly we're going to be talking about audio description for things that you would watch on your couch, whether they be TV or movies. But let's talk about how that works. How does audio description find its way onto your television set? That's a very complicated process and one that I really don't cover much in this book because these various TV studios and movie producers and all of so you know they there's a lot of complicated rights and apparently the audio description rights don't necessarily follow the movie rights. So you will very often see a situation where there is a movie at the movie theater that has audio description because virtually everyone does now. And then when it comes on TV, it doesn't have audio description. And you say, why is that? Well, it has to do with permissions and rights and all of that stuff, which is amazingly complicated. And hard to keep track of. So if you have a favorite movie and somebody told you, I saw it in the theater and it had description, it doesn't mean that when I watch it on television, I'm going to get it. That is right. But for, for practical purposes, if I'm sitting in my living room and get audio description, it is through a separate channel on my TV set? Do I have to wear headphones or set my settings in, in a certain way? How do I know if I have audio description available and how do I use it? I can't think of a situation where you have to wear headphones, but there are many different ways of turning on audio description. And one of the things I do in this book is I go through seven different devices and those devices are apple tv iphone and ipod android phone amazon fire tv stick and an amazon fire tv which are separate things of course chromecast for google with google tv and oroku express and i go through all those devices and then go through um, seven streaming services. And they are Apple TV Plus, Disney Plus, HBO Max, Hulu, Netflix, Paramount Plus, and Prime Video. So take each of those devices and then how do you turn on 
audio description for that service. And it's different. It's, it's just, there's 49 combinations right. here. Or there's probably 49 ways, though. There's not 49 ways to do it, but there's a, a lot of different ways to do it. But we can generally say it's, it's usually an accessibility setting. If content has audio description, it's not necessarily, it's, it's almost never going to be on by default unless you've either preset it as something that you want for accessibility settings generally or for that particular piece of content. On the Fire TV, for example, you you might set it in accessibility settings and that'll turn it on for all the Amazon content, but it won't turn it on for other content, for other streaming services. Generally, you find it either in accessibility settings or you find it in language settings in the app. Yeah, that's so confusing because, and I, I think even Apple TV, if you turn it on on a per program basis, you got to know that. You've got to dig into language settings and it's because it's a different yes. language. The way that languages are made available in non-audio description settings, you know, you say, well, I, I want to pick Italian or I want to pick Japanese and audio description is another one of those tracks because it's implemented in the same way. That's right. Japanese with audio description <laughs> is different, a different language from Japanese. Plain. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and, and, and another thing that we'll, we'll get, go through is that some of these platforms that you mentioned, I mean, they all have audio description in some way, but as you point out, Amazon content, is, it's audio described, but other content that you might get through the same platform isn't audio described. And then there are other platforms where the content might be available in an audio described form, but because a platform doesn't support audio description, you don't get it. <laughs> it's super complicated and a matrix would be... You'd have to have like a 3D matrix for it all to be easy to understand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you would have confused yourself completely. I don't know how you put your outline together. It must have been something else. To t <laughs> it was quite, I actually literally had, did have a spreadsheet. Right. That, yeah, that, that's the, the spreadsheet, pivot table, workbooks, the whole thing. <laughs> Probably a way to go would be to talk about some of the service, the, the platforms, because audio description, correct me if I'm wrong, it does tend to come via the platform. So Netflix has an audio description program. Apple TV Plus has one. And so for, for services like that that provide their own original content, that's where the descriptions are going to come from, right? Yes. So let's talk about, and Netflix and Apple TV are the ones that come to mind because they're the ones I've had and Apple TV Plus to be differentiated from Apple TV, the hardware. But those are the ones I've had experience with. But, but talk about what platform, what services that have original content provide some of the most extensive audio description. Probably the most extensive would be Prime Video. They have a lot of content, both new stuff and they're also describing classic movies. I went to see the new movie, the new West Side Story a couple of weeks ago. And of course it had description at the movie theater. And so I came home and I thought, gosh, I wonder how it's different from the 1961 version. I wonder if I can find it. I searched it, it's on Amazon Prime with description. Now there's a caveat here that some people find distressing Personally, it does not bother me, but some people do. Amazon Prime is using a lot of audio description with synthetic speech. And to me, it's completely understandable. It's, I totally forget about it. I mean, yeah, do I notice it's synthetic speech? Yes, I do. But do I care? No. Some people do. They feel like the, the human 
quality is important in the voicing of descriptions. Well, if you're used to what Netflix and Apple TV Plus do, which is higher, and which other people do as well, which is higher fancy describers, so much so that I've heard the same describer on multiple programs. It's like, oh, yeah, I know you. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, and perhaps if they don't in the rest of their life read as much with synthetic speech as I do and as I assume you do, uh, it's probably bothersome for them. And, and I, you know, obviously synthetic speech can have a lot of different quality issues. Does Amazon Prime Video give you much choice in terms of speech rate and voices and stuff like that? You don't have any choice. Okay. (laughs) Um, But they're using, they're using fairly decent speech. They're using some of the neural speech. They're using, you know, it's really, it's, it's not bad. It's pretty impressive. It's exciting that they're doing classic content because that's, I'm a fan of classic movies as anybody who knows oh, me, me too. knows and <laughs> i it's and i know that some of that stuff has been described in fact you know tcm presents described content but that's all dependent on what platform you're using as as we'll get to yes. later there are like there are places you can get a channel that where if you could see the title card it would say audio description but you can't get it what other so prime video apple tv plus netflix how do the other services that do original content as well as having big content catalogs do some of them are hbo max for example just started they started um in march of 21 so i i put together this book in the spring of 21 so i was able to include them although they were just starting but they're really increasing quickly so they're getting more and more peacock has now started with a little bit they are not included in this book because they didn't start till july i knew they were going to but i couldn't put it in. And do you know on what platforms you can get description with Peacock? Because I've watched a little bit of Peacock stuff and I didn't know that they had it. And it may be because I was on a platform that didn't support it. No, I think they have their own app okay. and their own their own thing that support, you know, right. supports Peacock content. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I might have watched it on Roku or something. I don't know. And, and some and, and uh, yeah, I would imagine they're on all of them. Um, the, the, that that's one thing that was pretty constant is is you know if you want to watch Paramount Plus you can watch it on whatever device you've got or or you know whatever it is pretty much the one thing that was kind of interesting and there and there's and interestingly enough there's a workaround if you have an Android phone and you want to watch Apple TV Plus content there's no Apple app for Android phones but you can go to tv.apple.com and you can even invoke audio description in the languages option of that website and watch everything they have. Ooh, that's a good tip. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Then there are Apple TV apps on other platforms. That There are. Yeah. There's an Apple TV app on Amazon. There's an Apple TV app on Roku, on, on all of it. And those are accessible to description as far as you know. They are. They all are. The content itself obviously has to be described. And then we get to what we were starting to talk about, which is whether the platform on which you watch it provides description and whether the app within the platform has description. So you kind of have three levels of things to deal with. What what is the tool I'm using to watch with hardware-wise? What is the over-the-top service or streaming service that I'm using? And then is the content itself described? What are sort of the, the best ones in terms of services um, I mean like I guess we it, I, what I'm talking about here are the, the apps like where all the apps provide description you said peacock on all the platforms is described are most of the others that way as well yes yes there's um, at the time I wrote this book uh, Paramount plus had some 
kind of vagaries, whereas some apps were a little harder to use than others. I mean, you could do it. There, there's, I think, two instances, and right off the mic, top of my head, I don't remember what they were, but I did say this app is, is too inaccessible for me, for me to describe to you. Um, so you couldn't, you, while it was there, and, and probably the description was there, I, it was too inaccessible to talk about. And I believe that both of those instances were Paramount Plus. Mm -hmm. And how about the apps, for, apps or uh, services? With, well, I guess let's just call them apps, things that you would add to, say, Roku or Apple TV or something else that are for specific channel content. So you have AMC or CBS or any of those channels that represent specific uh, what we would have called cable channels back in the day. Do those tend to provide? Uh, no, no, no. They tend not to. Even even when that cable channel actually has, um, you know, like Home and Garden TV, where there is some described content um, on other devices, that, that content is rarely passed through. HBO Max that you mentioned before is an interesting case because like Prime Video, they're going to have a lot of classic stuff through their Turner con connection. And I'm intrigued by whether that app is going to – you can add audio description all you want, but if the app isn't necessarily supportive, I, I guess I'm wondering where the bottleneck you think is for HBO Max. Is it content related or is it that they haven't updated the app? They, they, the apps are the HBO Max apps. It, again, when they first, they, they're, they're providing their stuff as the result of a lawsuit from ACB. Mm. So um, they are one of the things they're pledged to do in this lawsuit is make their apps accessible, and they've done a reasonable job of doing that. And Netflix, back in the day, we should say, faced legal action as well, and they've moved on from that right. and are really doing a great job at describing their original programming. It's very rare that I come up on something oh. on Netflix that isn't described. That's true. What about cable systems? You talk in your book about Charter and about Comcast. What's the, how, do, how do we work with audio description if you have a, a cable subscription? Well, there are cable boxes, and these boxes, you, you do something to the box, usually, you know, push a button or hold it and jump up and down three times or, you know, something. And you can turn on audio description. And then once you turn on audio description, the cable service manages the audio description process in a lot of situations. I am personally not a cable user. And that was one of the hardest parts of the book is I couldn't just go buy a $49 device and, and test it. I had, you know, I had to talk to other people to find out how it worked. And I, uh, the cable services, I mean, the prevailing opinion is Comcast was the best. Comcast is probably still the best. Uh, but I did talk to um, a couple of pretty happy uh, uh, Verizon users, Fios users, and um, people. some people are using Spectrum and able to make it work. So it just depends on, on and I do describe them, but those descriptions are based on the reports of actual users. I mean, Comcast, they they seem like they've done the most just in terms of integrating the access to audio description into their, their televisions and their, the, well, into their services. Yes. That, there's just more, it's easy to access and it's, and you can do it without assistance. Well, let's talk about how to find out about audio description. You mentioned ACB, which is a good opportunity for us to talk about the, the ACB's just list of audio described content. Is that still where one would go to find out, is this program accessible that I want to watch? Definitely, yes. So tell, do you know yes. the URL of that offhand? I can yes. find it. It's easy. It's ADP, 
software audio description project, adp.acb.org. Awesome. And that really, it's a long, long list. And just so you just basically search for the thing you're looking for. And how much, well, you can, what it kind of, inf- you can do it in a lot of different yeah. ways. You can, you can just, you know, if you want to know if is West Side Story described, you can just go in and type in West Side Story and it'll show you. Um, you can go, you can search by streaming services. You know, gee, I have, I have Netflix. What, what, what's on that? And every Friday, they send out a list. If you subscribe to their mailing list, every Friday, they'll send out a list that the new described content that's been added on each of the streaming services this week and, and network television. Oh, see, that's something I didn't know about. I haven't been on that site in a while. So that's, that's cool to hear because there are probably people who keep up with TV a lot more than I do, but who would like to know on a, an ongoing basis whether uh, things are described. I actually don't watch much television myself, but I do watch a lot of, I like movies. Sure. So I, uh, it, do you think TV or movie, do you think one or the other is making more strides in audio description or is it really more dependent on who is the owner of that content? Yeah, I think, I think it's more dependent on who the owner and, and what you like to watch. I mean, I, there's one heck of a lot of audio described content available these days. And there's a lot of this, you know, new um, and I don't know if you can really tell what's a movie and what's TV anymore. Sure. Um, you know, if it's got a whole lot of episodes, it's probably TV. But if it's, you know, what about these 10 episodes a year that Netflix does? Is this TV right, or right, a movie? Right. You know, but on, on Netflix, there's there's a lot of, you know, one-off things, but they're kind of Netflix described. I mean, you know, The Queen's Gambit, that was more like a movie. <laughs> That's, so it's hard to tell. So it's, I mean, there's a lot of it now for everything. So it's, it's a good thing. When you mentioned the ACB site where you can search by content, can you find out much about streaming service audio description availability from that site? Or is it just a matter of having to look at whatever? Yes. Okay. So I can find out, for example, I got, I, I was, I was telling Judy before we started recording, I got Sling TV because it met the content needs that I had, but it doesn't offer audio description, even though there is loads of content on there that's described. Now the Sling apps are accessible. They can be described whether you're on my Samsung television or on Apple TV or whatever. The apps are fine, but but the content itself is not described. So would the site warn me about that if I was trying to decide what over-the-top service I wanted to subscribe to? I don't know if they will tell you what's not accessible. Right. They're, they're making a real effort to tell, say what is accessible. Well, I guess the way I, would count, the way I would approach it is in order to be accessible so that we can set up audio description and even navigate to the content that we want, the device itself has to be accessible. So we talked about, and, you, and your book goes through these seven different uh, ways of getting access to it, to, to content. So, so talk about the relative accessibility of those devices. You've got your Apple TV, you've got a couple of Amazon options, you've got Roku. If somebody were well, rem- choosing what to get, would you have guidance for them based on that? Yeah, I suppose. Um, really, they all worked. And I, and I do describe in this book how to turn on accessibility for each one of them. So on things like Roku and um, the Chromecast with Google TV. And it was interesting because when I did this, uh, just a month or so before that, I read an article about the Chromecast with Google TV, and the review was saying, well, it, you, you couldn't set it up independently. And yet when I got mine, I could set it up independently because they had added that in their, <laughs> in their firmware. So it is a moving target. In general, though, I would say the Amazon devices, um, Fire TV, 
stick is a very accessible device and a very inexpensive and and easy to use device and the fire tvs are are also really nice I'd agree with that. And I'd also say as somebody with low vision, they do the best job with low vision settings, whether it be color contrast or the ability to actually make the interface text bigger. And I use, I typically use uh, speech when I'm doing television anyway, but I like that backup. And Amazon does a great job. Apple does a good job in terms of voiceover, but not so much with the low vision settings. How about Chrome? I I know very little about how Chromecast works. Chrome. Chromecast is using the the typical Google voice, that female, teenage female voice that's so popular on (laughs) on Android devices. She sounds like a teenager to me. And um, accessibility was not bad. There was one instance um, where uh, you had to actually turn off the Google accessibility to make um, one of them, I think it was HBO Max, uh, app actually work. And it, but it told you that it said you have to turn off <laughs> to make it work. Okay, fine, I'll do it. I mean, as long as it tells me what to do, I'm fine but with that. But there's a way to get back. You're not stuck. There's a way to get back, and they tell you how to do that too. You know, <laughs> to come back. You know, <laughs> so so that was uh, that was kind of cool. Um, the Roku. I mean, the Roku Express is a twenty-four dollar device, and yet you know it runs everything and it has everything. The the downside of the speech quality is absolutely horrible. It's bad. But but once you get through, once you you know once you start playing your content, it's the same as everything else. I've had bad experiences with some Roku apps not being as speech capable as they should be, or even and it's weird because. Apps, and I, I guess some of this is what I know from from having a little bit of vision, but apps will sometimes look different on different platforms. And I've had experiences where the Roku interfaces, sometimes you can't find everything and the speech doesn't hit everything. And so I just if I were thinking about a generic app, if I were going to say, you know, which device is most likely to have apps that are 100 percent accessible, Roku probably wouldn't be my first choice. Right. Um, one in- interesting thing: some of them, um, Disney Plus and Netflix. If you turn audio description on on one device for your account, it will remember that across devices, and you don't have to turn audio description on when you start playing content on that new device. That is not the case with other streaming services, and I do tell you that for each app. You know, even if you've turned audio description on elsewhere, you'll have to turn it on again here. Did you take a look at how some ser- services handle being able to have a shared watch experience so that if you want audio description but somebody else doesn't, that can be done? Because I think some of them offer it, but a lot of them don't. I did not. Okay. And um, so I don't have up-to-date information, but I want to... I want to say that there are a couple where they make it possible for you to pipe the audio description track to some. I've tested the watch opportunities with Amazon Prime where you can, you know, you can watch it with a friend mm-hmm. some, who's somewhere else. And uh, that was, it was actually pretty accessible. You can do it. Yeah, I wonder about that because more, more and more services are doing those watch together services. Sling yes. has one, Netflix has one, and they've been sort of, the services themselves have been sort of squirrely, but I've never even tried for accessibility, but that's one way to do it. You watch audio described in one room and tell your family right. to sit in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> Go in there, kids. I need the description. 
Oh, yeah. Here's Paramount Plus on a Chromecast with Google TV. I wrote the Paramount Plus app has serious accessibility issues. I could not play content and I could not use the arrow keys to move to the settings button. That's a bad thing. But once the settings was the option was set, (laughs) none of the options would speak. But that was in, you know, probably May of 21. Who knows? May have changed. The thing, too, is that in so many cases, I mean, ACB's got all the content uh, updates for you, but you're not necessarily going to know when you're going to buy it, when you are going to choose a service or buy a piece of hardware, what the current state of accessibility is. You can hope that it will be updated. And the critical mass, it seems like most of them have some accessibility, but some are going to have more glitches than others. And I, you know, I don't know how there's nobody out there keeping track of that stuff, unfortunately. True. But the good news is, you know, these, most of these things do not represent a huge investment. True. That's good. True. Uh, It's not like we're out buying expensive devices. Yeah, that's, I mean, the the, the Amazon Prime, the stick, the Fire Stick and the Roku devices particularly are super cheap. And I mean, I have a perfectly good Apple TV sitting there, but for some specific reason or other that I can't remember. Oh, I I think I was just testing. I got a Roku stick, which was, it cost me almost nothing. And I think they might retail for $49, but you can get them for half price most of the time. Because, I mean, the thing to remember is that most of these companies don't really care about making money on the little piece of hardware that you use to stream their content. They want to sell you a subscription that you're going to keep for months and months and months and years. I have my Apple TV paired, well, set up with two HomePods. And so it's like this, you know, it's it's almost a home theater, except it's in my home office. That's nice. So I have stereo home pods, my Apple TV, and then I'm using something called a Channels app. And Channels lets you access live TV on your Apple TV. So it's like a television, since I don't care about watching it, I don't need video. So, so I, it's it's a television, it's everything. I've lately discovered uh, there, you know, there's Pluto TV and there are various other services that have that channels metaphor, which is kind of what I miss about streaming. Sometimes I don't know what I want to watch, and so I just want to flip channels mindlessly. And so I play with uh, Pluto, which, it, depending on what platform you have, is is usually going to announce what channel you're flipping to. And I don't know if channels is anything like that, but there are various and and and, and uh, Samsung. I just got a Samsung TV. They have a service like that, that picks up Pluto channels and other channels and and gives you the ability to just flick through. And then there's a guide so you can find out what's on. You can't necessarily search it, but uh, that that gives me the experience of, you know, flipping channels mindlessly, which I enjoy. Well, channels actually has a uh, DVR option. Um, I'm kind of a Jeopardy um, addict and if something takes place when I'm not going to be able to hear Jeopardy, I finally figured out I can record it with my computer <laughs> with the channels app. <laughs> I got it all. So what what kinds of channels can it record? Is it live uh, over the air it's recording? It's live over the air. Okay. It's all live over the air TV. It's nice. But it's getting like 80 of them. I have no idea what these, I mean, things like antenna and decades and you can watch old episodes of Gilligan's Island. Well, that's the kind of stuff that's on Pluto yeah. TV, right? Because... Yeah. Uh, and Viacom is making money this way because they find all the find or create all these old cha- channels of old content, and you just flip through them, and there's you know several hundred, and you can watch 
yep. HGTV all day or a Carol Burnett show reruns or uh, <laughs> exactly. horror movies or whatever it is you want to watch. And and again, I've my accessibility experiences have been pretty good. Some of the apps, like the accessibility trouble I have with TV apps usually have to do with sort of a, a multi-dimensional grid so that you're trying to go navigate on a sidebar that's on the left as well as a sidebar that's on the top. And it, it, sometimes it's easy to get lost because they haven't differentiated it well enough, but you can mm. usually find mm. your way. Well, what else should people know about audio description and how best to get it? Do you have an ideal setup if somebody, I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of content they, they like to watch, but if you just want to have access to the to the most stuff for a reasonable value, what would you suggest people do? Well, it kind of depends on what you've already got. I mean, if you've got it, if you've got it, so many TVs these days now can can give you some some access you know, all the, the new Android TVs you very likely have some access. So if you've already got one of these things, then, then you may you may already have access you don't even know about. But if, if you have to get a, a streaming stick, then, then, you know, as I said, I think probably the, I think the Amazon Fire TV stick is the easiest way to go, the easiest to set up and so forth. Well, there you have it. So if folks want to, are you planning to update your book anytime soon or is this a, kind of a one-off? They haven't asked me to. And I think it's still, I'd say it's probably 95% accurate still, except for Peacock. Um, so it's it, it's not eligible for updating yet. I mean, it, it has to get a lot further out than, because there's almost, there's a lot of other stuff in here besides television and, and movies. Um, there's a whole whole section on, other kinds of audio description and um, everything from like, you know, in educational content, on the airlines, uh, described current events, uh, just all kinds of um, live theaters, museums. Yeah, you have a lot, a lot, a lot in there. I, uh, there's, <laughs> um, there's, there is a lot of how to find out about audio description at the museums and, and and movies and so forth. So The book is from National Braille Press. It's called Audio Description, What It Is, Where to Find It, and How to Use It. And we've been talking with Judy Dixon about it. I'll have a link to the book as well as to the ACB Audio Description website on the show notes. And Judy, thanks so much for being on the show. You're very welcome. If you'd like to keep up with Parallel, you can follow us over on Twitter at Parallel Pods. Of course, you can subscribe to the show at relay.fm slash parallel, which is also where you can go to become a member of Relay FM. And that is a thing you should do if you want to support this show specifically or all of the great podcasts on this network. Go do it now. I'll be back real soon with another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Bye now.